In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly. Christy, it's almost time to go back to school. I know. I'm so, I have mixed feelings. I'm happy because I'm going crazy with my kids. But I'm also, now I've got to get back into a serious schedule and routine of, you know, getting up early and doing all that chaos. Yep, the morning breakfast uh, run, the lunches. <clears throat> the... Now, will Nick go to preschool? Yeah, he will be in preschool three days a week. So, I mean, it's like, go, go, go. That's what I, yep. I'm like this crazy person in the morning, and then when I get them off to school, I'm like, ah. Yeah, it's like being shot out of a cannon. Yeah, and it's a big sense of accomplishment when I get them there. On time, I'm like patting myself on the back going, okay. Okay, we can do this. (laughs) No. We can do this. I know it's a lot. I mean, I find, you know, it's like that Staples commercial from another couple years ago. Do you remember, like, the dad was, like, pushing the car? Like, it's the most (laughs) wonderful time of the year. And it is. (laughs) I know, it's so bad to say it, but it's like, you know, this has been a really rough summer for Mm -hmm. me, you know, um, with my kids. I mean, you know, we're supposed to have with the divorce. We're supposed to each take the kids for two weeks out of the year. My ex took them for four days, you know. I've had them. Um, yeah, thank you very much for the two-week respite. Um, I mean, I'm happy to have my kids, don't get me wrong. But when I was thinking, wow, I've got two weeks to myself to go for a trip, to go home and see my mom, you know, do all these things, and then not. Um, and uh, and then not only is the boot the fun part of it, not only do I not get the two weeks respite, <laughs> but I get the kids for an additional two weeks because he and the girlfriend are going away and going on a cruise and all yeah. this stuff. So I have more 24-7 coming up, which is, you know, 50-50 custody according to California, not. Um <laughs> I know, it's so great. But, you know, it, you know, and the reason I share this is not because I want everybody to feel sorry for me, but I will take it, um, but because I know there's a lot of other moms out here. You know, I talk to a lot of these moms that, at least in the state of California or the state of New York where I'm from, I have got two cousins in the same boat. Successful women had to pay off their husbands to get them to go away, and, um, <laughs> you know, they have this 50-50 illusion of custody so that the dad doesn't have to pay child support, but they have their kids 80% of the time. So yeah. I know there's a lot of women out there who are, you know what, I don't want to fight the custody issue. We'll live on what I make. I'd rather have my kids. I get that. But, you know, for those of you like me who are, like, going, wow, well, I'm going to get a two-week break, <laughs> you know, even though you miss your kids. Um, to you have need that. it. Yeah, I need it. I you do need totally it. You totally need it. I do need it. And emotionally, you know, it's very hard. Summer is hard for us moms. Kids are out of school. All day. All day. 
be fighting, and you got to go places. And even vacation with kids is stressful. It's not really vacation. It isn't vacation. Vacation's a margarita on the beach with an umbrella with my feet up looking at some hot guy, <laughs> not picking sand out of somebody's bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, and, you know, we're talking about back to school week, so we have reporter on the street, mom reporter on the street, Doris Rivas Brecky, who's going to talk to us about some amazing statistics with back to school. Am I on? You are. <laughs> you are a reporter on the street. What did you find out? <laughs> Thank you, Sandra and Christy. And for all you moms out there, here is some news that's world news in 120 seconds, give or take. On your mark, get ready, set, shop. 77 million American children are heading back to school this week. And that means $68 billion will be spent on clothes, uniforms, supplies, and other important school items. This is the second biggest sale date of the year, second only to Christmas. On top of this news, everything on your school buying list has gone up 10% plus across the board. But according to ABC World News, bargains can be found, but they are hard to find. So here are some tips to follow in these tough economic times. First, start shopping at the dollar stores because you will find some of those items on your list for a dollar that you will not find anywhere else for a dollar, including Walmart. Second, check your child's clothes that are in the closet and see if you can take out seams, hems, fix buttons, and maybe jazz up the clothes with a little imagination. Third, Check out consignment stores. There you'll find big brand names for big percentages off. And fourth, most importantly, if there's something on your list that is not an essential item, wait, for, uh, wait to shop for a couple weeks or a month because anything that doesn't sell the first week of the big sale week will be drastically reduced. So, so Doris, hold on back up for a minute here. Okay. Um, you, you said... Sixty-eight billion dollars spent. It's a billion, yes, like B I L L I O N. Yes, ma'am. B with a, as in boy, billion. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, how many kids are going back to school? Like seventy-seven million. Right, seventy-seven million, but sixty-eight billion. Um, the gross national product, which means all the money earned coming out of Ethiopia, is seventy-seven billion. Honduras. 27 billion. Nicaragua, excluding the drug trade, 14 billion. Well, let's just add the drug trade in there. Well, right. I mean, we're not going to add the drug trade in there. But, but so we're spending, as overindulgent Americans, the equivalent of some country's gross national product for school. Yep, yep, yep. So, and, uh, sorry. Well, I'm just thinking, like, you know, that's, I mean, that's a huge amount of money to start school. In an, in, in an economy where, you know, people are losing their homes, they can't make their car payments, they've got credit card bills up the wazoo. I've got a credit card bill for the first time in my life, you know, that I can't pay off. And, you know, I'm cheap as, you know, the day is long. <laughs> no, you're not. Well, I'm pretty cheap, but um, frugal, conscientious of yes. how I spend my yes. money. But for crying out loud, that's insane. Well, I mean, there's something wrong. I'm sorry. I, to me, there's something wrong socially if we're spending as much as, you know, five times as much as a third-world country just to send our children back to school. But it's not, oh, we have to buy the things the kids grow out of their clothes. 
you have to get them new stuff. There's no way that you cannot get them new things to start the school year. I well, mean, we I, can go through our closets. My mother-in-law is like, Christy, I don't think the kids need anything. Um, yes, they do. <laughs> they don't have, you know, they've grown out of half their things. Half the hurt shirts they wore last year have stains on them. I cannot send okay. the kids into last year's clothes that have stains on them that are worn you know, I okay, fair it. enough. I realize that there's a need for new stuff, but you've got to admit, at $68, $70 billion, there is a shopping frenzy going on for school stuff. And how much of that stuff, you know, when you look at, like, what is what is it, Doris, 600 The average family in the United States spends $600 Yes, per the kid. average family uh, this year will spend $606 on clothes and other school essentials per child. This year, just to get started, I just—I right. guess I just think you know that in this economy, you know, maybe there is something that could be mended. And I get—I had to buy my kids new shoes. They both needed new shoes. They need a couple pairs of jeans and a couple things. But I didn't even come close to spending six hundred dollars per child. I probably spent a hundred bucks per kid um, because I can't afford it. I just there's no money for that. But I guess realistically, is do we even stop and think what do we really need versus I mean, believe me, I went and bought my own school supplies this year because I, you know, I just love winning school supply thing. But I wonder how much of what we're spending is what we truly, really need versus are we keeping up, are we overspending, are we buying stuff that maybe we don't need at this point because it's part of that back to school and it's fun. I mean, to be fair, it's fun to do back to school. Well, it is, and it's fun. I mean, yeah, we probably are overindulging and keeping up with the Joneses or whatever, but. It's also like for the kids, it's a new beginning, it's a new start, it's a new school year, and they need to you, they need to start fresh. As far as that's what I feel like, that's what it feels like to me. Even now, when September rolls around, I get that back to school feeling. But you know, that's just the way that I was brought up. That's what we did. You get new oh, new yeah. outfits, new outfits. New, well, you know, we got a new outfit. Like I didn't we say got, we got like, like a lot of new clothes, but we would get a new outfit. We'd get new shoes, and we'd get some school supplies, but nothing like my kids get today. We get like five, like five new outfits, maybe six, and then stuff to mix and match so that it, you're not wearing the same exact thing each week. Okay. Did you get the underwear with the dates on them? Like the Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I love those. Yes, I love those, too. Those are always fun. <laughs> they are always fun. Uh, well, I guess, you know, um, I guess I guess my point, uh, you know, I'm so glad that Doris brought this up. You know, for me, my point is just to give everybody a message that, you know what, we don't have to go crazy with school supply stuff. It's okay. Not, uh, Christy wants to go crazy. You go crazy. You get permission for people to go crazy. I'm going to give permission not to go crazy and to not feel like a bad mom because we're not caught up in the shopping frenzy that is back to school. Christy? Well, I just think that things are more expensive now. Yes. And it's not just, I mean, we're still trying to buy the things that we need to have, that the kids need to have new shoes, at least two new pairs. You know, my daughter, she needs to have some tennis shoes and some shoes that she can wear at the dress. And they're not like 20 bucks anymore. They're like 40 or $50, some of the shoes, good shoes for their feet. You sure. know, and it's like, like that adds up, you know, especially with our... Especially with our California tax, I mean, we get killed. So, you know, when you are still trying to buy the necessary things, it still costs arm and a leg. That's true. 
And girls are more expensive than boys. I'll give you They're that. They're way more expensive than boys. You know, and I can use, you know, it's like with Zach. I mean, we've got a lot of hand-me-downs that he can use that are in good, you know, condition from Max. Since Max is the boy in the bubble. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but it is. But I guess, you know, for me, I guess because I'm, you know, I'm in a position now where I really have to be careful with what I spend, I feel bad going in and not being able to walk into Walmart and go, woo, let's get this, let's get that, let's buy this, let's buy that. You know, I felt really bad. And when I saw about how much people are spending... I know there's people out there that are spending more than they need to because they feel bad or they feel guilty. So I just want to say for all the moms out there that are struggling like me financially that can't go in with a credit card and just plunk down and have that great, like, woo, we're back to school, um, it's okay. It is okay. It is okay. And if you want to be like Christy and go, woo, we can, you could do it for her because she has fairy lights. And um, when we come back from the break, we will be welcoming Janine Wilborn from Technology and have a lot more fun. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio. Giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holland. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly, and you were still fighting over our spending issues with back-to-school supplies. <laughs> I was saving money. 
to do that. But that's a good thing because that's about allocating your resources yes. to plus, what's important. Plus, I have to admit, my mom is helping us out. She she wanted to buy the kids um, some of their school clothes and stuff. So. That's, well, that's very cool. I mean, that's yeah. very cool. I mean, last year, my brother, my oldest brother helped me, and my sister-in-law, they sent sneakers, they sent uh, stuff that we, it's hard to find here in California when we get cold, you know, winter stuff, some winter gear, and my sister-in-law sent the kids new uh, snowsuits, things like that, you know, so when we go to the mountains, um, I don't have to come out of pocket for that stuff. So, yeah, I think that whole thing about uh, Hillary Clinton said it, and it's an African proverb that takes it takes a village to raise a child in these economic times. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that village is. Is to come. <laughs> Some donations. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, we have a great guest today, Christy. Uh, she has been on my Military Mom Talk radio show, Shameless Plug, Mondays 2 to 3 on Toginet. Her name is Janine, uh, sorry, Janine Wilborn, and she is from her own company, Technology. And not only is she an amazing, amazing woman, a delightful spirit, a great entrepreneur, totally creative, she has helped me with the transition of my mom, who's, uh, you know, probably be this week uh, at mm. the latest before my mom passes away. So anybody out there going through <clears> the same thing, I hope you listen to today's show or recommend your friends, email them the podcast, email them the link to the today's show, because we're going to talk about um, emotional states, how tears help cleanse toxins out of bodies, some of the neuro uh, stuff that goes on in our heads in crisis, uh, Janine. I don't know what to say other than introduce yourself. You're so fabulous. You've got this great story about you personally, how you became to own this company, rock and roll. <laughs> Hi, Sandra. Thank you for that lovely introduction. And you know what? I just got back from buying school supplies. Seriously. <laughs> I did. I did. So um, where would you like me to begin? I would like you to tell your personal story first because that's as compelling as your company story. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, boy, I can't believe how long ago it's been now, but it's been mm, close to 14 years ago. Um, I was on my way to a meeting, and I live in San Francisco, and I was stopped at a light, and someone came over one of the big hills, not seeing the traffic had stopped, and rammed into me. And... Um, it was a, it was a pretty nasty car accident, but I walked away from it. I went to the meeting, and little did I know that within about 24 to 48 hours, my life was going to change in a way that I could never, ever have anticipated or be prepared for. And um, basically, it's been 14 years of recovery. Um, it's I ended up damaging every just about every disc in my spine for anybody who's ever had back issues and uh, my neck and my tailbone was cracked and my hips were twisted. <gasps> I had spinal cord compression for a big chunk of my neck and even the best neurosurgeons um, were reluctant to do surgery because of the extent of the damage. So I was given a very dire prognosis of um, that the paralysis I was experiencing in my hands and arms would be permanent and there, there would be more. It was just a matter of how much of my body would end up um, being paralyzed. And I just had a nine-month-old baby. This didn't work. Um, so I started to go, um, I went on a quest, um, thank goodness for the Internet, and um, I found a lot of information on this new area of neuroscience called neuroplasticity. And it started to reach into areas that I think before had been considered either more religious or spiritual. Um, 
and it was kind of in areas or maybe wisdom, um, things like that. But now with all of the new brain imaging technology, they could actually measure what different kinds of thoughts um, actually do in the brain and then help with the body. Um, so I started to research more and more about everything that was being done, um, anything I could find around the country, and contacting um, scientists and researchers around the country to find out more about this. Um, and in addition, you utilized more things such as uh, yoga. And, and I was able to, the good news is, is the, uh, well, the recovery's been a long one. Um, you, if you met me, you would never know that I'd ever experienced any of that. I still have my moments. There's still January 1st, 2010, I woke up and I couldn't move again. And then I got to begin again. Um, but for the most part, I can live a pretty active life. Something that the doctors, uh, neurosurgeons, doctors, specialists, and you spent just a little bit of money on your recovery. How much do you think you've spent over the past 14 years (laughs) on your recovery? The... um, what, based on what the the federal government will let us take off in taxes with receipts, uh, over a million dollars, oh. and um, we were just incredibly uh, blessed that we were able to uh, um, to to generate that kind of have that kind of revenue. But it took it took everything we had and wiped us out. But it wasn't the things that we were working on are not covered by insurance. So the things that wouldn't have been covered by health insurance, surgeries and whatnot, um, the prognosis was really grim. I wasn't expected to survive. So we had to um, to try other things that weren't covered. Well, so, and you're just a perfect triumph of the human spirit over, you know, dire prognosis and, and extreme pain. I mean, you know, spinal cord injuries are not fun. And, and the injuries that you sustained in your back, neck, and spine, I mean, you kind of need your spine. You do, you don't, you know, I never ever had any back issues before and I had this vast amount of energy and when you are reduced to tears by trying to wash your own hair or, um, you know, you, the idea of making a bed is something that, you know, causes you to break into a sweat and you can't lift the pillows. It was just, and the pain was, the way to describe the pain, it was sort of like if someone threw a brick at your bare foot or, you know, when the dentist hits a nerve, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, but it, but it was like that all up and down my spine. Um, so it was. It was definitely. Um, there were times, definitely times where I was like, "How am I going to get through this?" This is well in the toddler years. You know, when you got injured, your baby was nine months old. He was nine. He was nine months old. So nine months a lot old. Of, yeah, a lot of you know, my husband would have to prop him into you know pillows under my arms and then coordinate my arms around him for me to try to hold him, and then someone would have to hang on to him because otherwise I couldn't hold him. And of course, it was a big. Big child. <laughs> so that, didn't, that, that didn't help. But um, through utilizing a lot, a lot of different tools, it was amazing that um, that I could recover and that there was so much more um, that could be done. And so that's why we started our company, Technology, was to get that out um, and to get those materials out to other people. And what I had been doing before all that was I'd been in communications. I did broadcast journalism and I was in advertising. And so what I knew was communications tools. So I took the kinds of tools I knew and understood and built in um, my my understanding of the neuroscience. Wow. 
So tell me, what is neuroscience for our listeners today that don't that may not be familiar with that term? Well, yeah, the the, the area of neuroscience, neuroplasticity, it really is kind of. I'm going to simplify it. And if there's anybody out there who's a real neuroscience, they're going to cringe. But here's the way I can understand it. That's why you're on our show. <laughs> neuroplasticity is like. When when we think thoughts, it's like think about you know uh, uh, water, you know a little stream that runs, you know, and then over time that stream can turn into a river, and then the river gets d- deeper. Where well, our thoughts are like that, especially you know if you notice how you have repetitive thoughts, um, and so those thoughts create like little grooves in our brain. And so when we've been hurt or injured or upset, and it can be an emotional hurt or it can be a painful loss, um, we tend to think certain thoughts and we create a different certain kinds of grooves and we call that like negative plasticity. And that helps create like one set of things that goes on in our body. So when we're dealing with really large challenges or losses or whatnot, um, there, you actually can change by by doing certain things, very simple things. You can change what part of the brain you're using, and then the brain and the body will produce um, endorphins and um, uh, different hormones and things that will actually make you feel better, and you'll create positive plasticity. So when, for example, part of what happened was that I ended up with post-traumatic stress syndrome because with that much of your spinal cord and um, central nervous system damaged, you know, it would, a slight change of lighting could send me into fight or flight. So how do you get out of fight or flight? That's what I was looking for. I knew what was going on, but how do I change it? Because the thinking part of your brain actually shuts down during, while that's happening so that you can do survival things. Well, that's great if you're really in a survival circumstance. I wouldn't be. So what, um, what I found was in particular gratitude. Gratitude could help me actually shift out of a post-traumatic stress incident into um, something that would be just would calm it all down. I wouldn't have to go to that place where it would be really, really physically and emotionally uncomfortable. Same thing with people who have anxiety attacks and things. So um, the gratitude, though, if you can't think. That's really hard to come up with it while all that's going on. So then I created gratitude cards so I could pull them out of my pocket and read them. Um, and so well, and I want to say a minute about these gratitude cards, Janine, because you sent me um, you sent me a set to help work through you know the grief and everything that's going on with my mother's passing. And what these gratitudes are cards for you guys listening at home. They look like little credit cards, and you know there's a pack of them that come in this really pretty little bag, and they are uh, pretty pictures that make you feel good. And then they uh, have sayings on them, like, I feel grateful for my ability to recover. I feel grateful for the ocean. I feel grateful for um, these things. And what's amazing is whether you read one or, like, sometimes, like, lately I've had to read through, like, all 14. But they do help you. Um, they do help you feel grateful in the, in, you know, to, to, to relieve that fear or anxiety or sadness. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and if you look on the back, there's a place for you can start to write your own too. So you can make them, you know, very personal to yourself. Um, but it, what's just so amazing, there's a hospital in Boston that's just studying gratitude because of the power of of what it can do to help heal. So it's it's just it's one of those tools that anybody can use, and it helps even if you're just 
you know, you've had the kids all summer. <laughs> there you go. You know what exactly. I'm getting? I hate to interrupt you. I've got to take a commercial break. My name is Sandra Beck. I am the host of Motherhood Talk Radio along with Christy Holly and our interviewer on the street, Doris Rivas Brecky. We want to thank her for her contribution today. Our guest is Janine Wilborn, and she is one of the owners of Touchnology. That's touch-knology.com. When we come after the break, we're going to talk about how tears cleanse the body and the power of emotion. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on Toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen. On toginet.com. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly, and we just have, is she fascinating? She is. She is. We have Janine from Technology today. Um, you guys should check out her website. She does all sorts of cool products. Um, she's not only a survivor, um, but a thriver, taking, you know, a, a, a terrible accident and transforming it into a company that serves others, including me, and a lot of our PTSD guys get some of her stuff, and um, she did a great job for the Army National Guard. I mean, just amazing things that have come out of this woman spirit along with her husband and her, you know, partners that have put this company together. But um, I want to talk about, you know, I know we're talking about neuroplasticity and how the brain makes new uh, pathways and 
things. But you had told me last week, Janine, you know, when I was telling you I was really sad about my mom and crying a lot, you talked to me a little bit about emotion and tears, and I would like to explore that with you on the air if I could. Absolutely. We were talking about um, emotion is really energy in motion. And we all are, and we know this from our high school um, science, that you know, we, while we look solid, we're made up of molecules and things that are moving, that are constantly moving. And emotions are just these, they, they occur as feelings, but it's this thing, it's like frequency that's moving. And when you start to experience them, especially the sort of negative reactive emotions, that's why sometimes people will say, oh, I just feel like I had to explode or the, the tears just were, you know, I, I couldn't hold them back. Well, it really is. There, there's a lot of energy that needs to be released. Um, and when you understand that, then it's a matter of letting it go in a way that's constructive rather than something that ends up being destructive. And for, you know, when you cry and having a good cry is actually a really great thing to do because it helps actually detoxify all that. It just really lets it all out. You ever notice how if you have a really good cry at the end you're exhausted, but you really do feel better? Um, and so many of us, especially especially women and, and, and moms, and you're so busy taking care of everybody else that when something goes on and you feel a need to cry, you push it down, you bury it. Um, and that's kind of the – it's like at some point that energy that you're stuffing in there is going to come out. Um, so taking a few minutes to go into whatever part of your home you can get away with and sit down and really cry is a great way to release it, and you truly will feel better physically and mentally. Well, it's funny because, you know, I remember my mom telling me that as a a little girl, like, go ahead and cry, just get it all out, you know, it'll make you feel better, you know, and it's true, but there's an actual, like, you know, when I think about, yes, there is a definitely, there's a huge energy release that happens, you know, when you're emotional that way, Um, but I never really thought about the tears as being like cleansing and removing toxins from the body. Absolutely. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, people say, well, that's, you know, tears are salty and it's like they actually do help get rid of toxins. <laughs> and so, um, so it's a, it's a good thing to do. Um, so next and, time I cry, mm-hmm. I should turn around to the people around me and go, I am not crying. I am detoxing my, <laughs> detoxing my yes. toxins. <laughs> I really sing energy and detox in a very efficient way. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I am just detoxifying and uh, back up. And we also talked about the... You know, it, the experience of, of like loss and um, and sadness and and those emotions. Um, you know, they're, they're real. But we talked about how it's it's not about shutting them off and putting them away. But if we focus on the sadness, and we put more energy into the sadness, the sadness actually grows, you know, because anything we put energy into, it gets bigger, right? And if you put your time into something, you see things occur, right? So, you know, when people go, what, uh, what am I starved with, you know, until the most recent economic situation was I want more time, not that they wanted more money. And so what you want to make sure is that you can recognize the sadness and feel the sadness or feel the sense of loss and then look to, um, and that's where the gratitude comes in or being of service, um, and put your energy in there. That will actually help. It's not that you're negating the sadness or the grief. or It's just that you're not allowing it to take over um, in a way that no longer allows you to be productive. 
Now, Janine, I just got an email coming in. I'm watching our uh, the server here for our show. Um, I got an email coming in off of Facebook, actually, that says, how long is it okay to feel sad? Like, you know, uh, you know, you're acknowledging that it's important to feel sad, it's important to feel these feelings, acknowledge them, you know, cry, let it out. But, like, you know, the things you focus on make them grow. Mm-hmm. So where does relieving yourself of the emotion and cleansing the body and dealing with the emotions, like where does that end and where does focusing on it so it becomes bigger begin? Well, I think it starts when you you need to have it make, you make friends with your sadness. Um, When you can start to, everybody kind of has a sense when they know, wait a minute, it's it's sort of time for me to move on, but I can't quite move on. There's something here, like people know inside what that is. And And the way to do that is to say, okay, now transform your sadness from something that, oh, no, here I go again, and I'm sad, and this means I'm going to crawl into bed and pull the covers over my head. And, you know, sometimes you may need to do that, right? But if you've done it a couple days in a row and now, you know, other things in your life are starting to fall apart, and that lets you know that that's no longer a productive way. Have that sadness be a reminder to do some of these other activities. Have the sadness when it comes up. You go and make a, you know, make your own gratitude cards, or get gratitude cards, or do a gratitude list, or be of service. You know, it's like, wait a minute, I'm getting really sad again. So, oh, that's right. You know, um, and Mrs. Jones next door is, you know, in her 80s, and I can go sweep her stoop. And it's uh, it's actually remarkable. Something as simple as doing sweeping somebody's stoop for them, or doing something very simple, an act of kindness for somebody else, will break that sadness that you that we feel so like overwhelmed by. And most well, and I think it's. What you're saying, like when you said the word break, you know, and, and I'm looking at another quote, uh, another comment that just come in. Um, when you said break, I don't think what you're really talking about is sadness. I think you're talking about that cycle that happens that when, like, you know, it like triggers. Like I know for me, something will trigger me, and then I go down that road of like, oh, my God, my mom is dying. What am I going to do? And blah, blah, blah. You know, and I cycle through that thing. Um, and when you go and you do something for somebody else, or like now I pull out when I start feeling sad, I acknowledge the sadness, I feel sad for a little bit, I look at these gratitude cards, I'm breaking that pattern or that cycle. And is, is that what you're talking about, you know, that, that we need to like almost retrain ourselves how to not go down that same road? Well, Exactly. It's like that's where those patterns that we talked about, the the thought patterns, and, you know, it's like it's a spiral. And, you know, I haven't met a human being who doesn't have their version of the spiral. Well, this adds to this, that adds to this, and therefore, you know, um, as my mother used to say, let's all eat worms. You know, like life is really awful. So if you can catch yourself as you go into that spiral, but see, now we know, like, then your your brain is, you're actually your thought patterns in a certain groove. So how do you get out of that groove? And that's where I like to say you have tools in your tool chest that you, you go and you call on and say, okay, wait a minute, this is a reminder. So I don't have to, you know, I'm the spiral's starting to come, but now... I'm going, to, I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm not going to go further in. I'm going to go grab my gratitude cards. I'm going to be of service. Um, I'm going to go out and do five acts of kindness. Um, 
very simple things that cost really no money um, that you can do. And if you have them as a pattern, some people like to do this, that they'll, they'll so in, uh, integrate it into their lives is that if they, especially if they're, they have to drive a lot, you know, taking kids to and from places or going to and from work, that they will say really um, positive things at every stoplight, every time they get a red light. So it'll be a saying about, you know, I'm wonderful and my life is wonderful. And they may, you can giggle about it, but, you know, you say that every red light that you get, you start to feel that way. And then that's another tool that you have in your tool chest when, when a whole bunch of things start to happen and it sort of feels like life is, is uh, um, you know, not working the way you want it to. And what, when we put the energy into the spiral, we get more spiral. Well, and the thing that makes me think of, Janine, like, you know when, you know, and this is going back, like, you know, you know when you have a CD and it has a skip in it? Yes. Like, you know, it's like, I I, I think sometimes when we go through emotional trauma or we go through things that are repetitive issues for us based in painful situations, you know, something triggers it, we start down that thought process, we start, you know, going down that road again, which is almost like, you know, that song that we're listening to, and it's like we're listening to that song, we know the lyrics are coming up, and da-da-da-da, and we get all involved in the song, but the song is the emotional distress we're going through. It's almost like you've got to put a scratch in that CD or scratch in that record, because you know how sometimes when you scratch your CD, then you go listen to the radio, like you hear the song on the radio, like two weeks later, and you wait for the scratch, you're waiting for the gift. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I think kind analogy. of, well, what you're trying to tell us is that that programming or that cycle we go through or that process, if we can interrupt that process by having a different thought, which is insert gratitude, if we can go do something for somebody else, which gets us moving and, again, moves us into that space of gratitude, we're really interrupting that song that goes in our head, that becomes part of who we are, part of our physiology. Because I know I feel, oh, going down that road again, feeling sorry for myself, oh, the loss, the loss, the loss. I mean, Chrissy, have you ever experienced that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I make up some story that hasn't happened or isn't going to (laughs) happen. What I'm thinking and what's going to happen in the end and how it's going to be so terrible and it plays over and over and over, but it it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. But it's like a song in your head. Yeah. So we need to, so so if I'm hearing you correctly, Janine, we have to create a skip in that song, and we do that through gratitude, we do that through changing our thoughts, or like being of service, doing something nice for somebody else, but really we're just interrupting a, a negative pattern. Exactly, and you want to take it one step further, is you're going to create a positive pattern, So, and you can do it by being creative, listening to music, playing music, um, things that that use a different part of your brain, and that think about when you go running or exercising, and, and it gives off, um, your body then gives off different chemicals, and wow. you'll feel much better. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you guys, listening today, I mean, this show sounds, you know, a little bit out of the ordinary, and it sounds a little bit strange because we're conditioned as American consumers to think that we need a medicine, we need a pill, we need to pay for something, we need to pay for therapy. This is something that you can do with no out-of-pocket expenses. You can literally interrupt these patterns that are holding you back, interrupt these patterns that hit you when you're vacuuming and you're alone and you're thinking of this stuff or folding laundry. Um, and this is a very powerful tool that doesn't cost anything, but because we can't sell it, because we can't, you know, cost 
blasted out, it's probably not going to be in our media consciousness. So I encourage you guys to give it a try. Our guest today is Janine from Technology. When we come back from the break, Christy and I are going to talk a little bit more about interrupting patterns and how we can use emotions to push us forward. Here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod, Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Why do I feel so lousy? Why aren't my medications working? Why can't my doctor figure me out? These are just a few of the questions Dr. Kevin Connors will be exploring in Dr. Kevin Connors Live every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central on Tuggynet.com. The author of the book, Help, My Body is Killing Me, Solving the Connections of Autoimmune Disease to Thyroid Problems, Fibromyalgia, Depression, ADD, ADHD, and more. He'll dig into these and many other conditions to dissect the mechanisms of your problems. Giving God the glory and looking for answers to make you look and feel better. To make you feel whole again. For more on him, his book, and the show, check out UpperRoomWellness.com. Never be satisfied with a diagnosis. There is always a reason behind it. And if you can alter the mechanisms that led you down your current path, we can change your future. It's Dr. Kevin Connors, live, Monday nights at 9, 10 Central, here on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I am here with Janine at Touchnology. She's an amazing, amazing woman. Uh, Christy, what do you think so far? So far, I like it. I'm going to have to, when I start having negative thoughts or start feeling bad, I'm going to, I'm going to try that. Yeah, I Re- think it. Retrain my brain. Retrain my brain. I love that. Like at the stop sign, say something empowering to Instead ourselves. of something really bad. Right, we just get out of Yes. Yes, yes. I well, can do that. I, I can, can do, do that. that. We all can do that. Because you know, I mean, I have had this. I'm vacuuming. And I'm thinking, yes. And then by the time I'm done vacuuming the living room, I'm like suicidal. I'm completely freaked out. <laughs> I'm angry at whatever person I'm angry at. I've gone through this whole argument in my head about what you're going to say to that yes. person as soon as they find out mm-hmm. and that you're mad at them. And, you know, this yes. whole process. And I know we've I, all I done totally it. Totally do that. Yeah. 
So a lot. we're going to figure out how to skip that record because you know that song, like I call it a song, it comes up again and again, right? Yeah, the me voices too. in my head. <laughs> um, but you know, the one thing I love about Janine and Janine, I want to give, uh, go ahead and give your uh, information for people to check out your website, see your products, learn more about you. How would they do that? Okay, um, they can go to Touchnology dot com and it's T O U C H and then it's a hyphen knowledge N O L O G Y dot com and you can click on products and then you can go to our store and you can actually see the kinds of things that we're talking about. Um, we you can make these for yourself, um, but sometimes folks are saying no 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 I can't make them I just you know I want to be able to get them and just start using them um, and that's why I started to make them because <laughs> I was like no here create it yourself. It was like no, well no, no, and these no. aren't like things like you whipped up. In a cauldron pot, you know you've got uh, you've got lots of of heavy duty shrinks behind you. Smart people, creative people. You know, not my company, but <laughs> 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 not so smart people. But yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people that have come together to create this stuff. Can you share a little bit with our listeners about that? Well, we did a lot. We've used a lot of um, academic research and also proprietary research. And um, for the past uh, just about six years, um, the bulk of work, well, the bulk of the work that we do is with the U.S. military. Um, so we've been servicing families across the many different branches of the military. In fact, literally today, um, we'll be doing some more work with the Air Force Reserve. So we've been able to get um, feedback for the, during that time period as well and research um, from the military families who we all know are really um, been very stretched for this very, for a very long time. Well, and the stuff that we experience, you know, trauma, whether it's through divorce or accident or illness or injury, um, you know, that's what our military families struggle with. Um, they struggle with transitioning to change, you know, which, which, you know, the traditional family might go through a divorce or through a death, and that causes the family to change and transition. But military families, you know, they have to tradition or they have to transition, you know, deployment, redeployment, back from deployment, moves, you know, all these things that are stressors for people on a good day. So you really have a target audience to refine products to help during these transitions. And, I, and I'm living proof. I mean, the stuff you sent me to help me transition with the family changes that we're going through with the loss of my mom and, you know, and I'm finding even, you know, picking up some of the stuff that's still left over from the divorce, you know, these transitions that we go through in our life, they can be managed. They can be, um, there's things you can do rather than just vacuuming your carpet until there's no carpet left. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it is good. It is. It's probably good to vacuum. But the um, it, the other thing is that once once you get past the the anger or the hurt or the upset, if you ever notice that actually at the underneath it all is fear. Yeah. It, it's it's fear that you're going to experience that pain again. Fear about not knowing what's coming in the future. It's 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 either fear about what happened in the past repeating itself or fear about what's you don't know what's going to happen. Very or fear rarely. of loss. That's yeah. another part of it, fear of loss, fear of being alone. I mean, you want me to make a list of fears? i got a bunch of them. Right, and then those fears end up being the, really the trigger for those, those patterns, those thoughts, the, the upset. Because if you can let go of the fear, and it's like, okay, great. How do you let go of the fear? Well, you know, <laughs> I got to, you know, for years, you know, go in and try to do a headstand, and yet I was an eighteenth of an inch away from paralysis from the neck down because I knew that was helping to heal the neck. And it was like one of the my greatest gifts. I used to Wait, cry. Wait, you did a headstand? Oh, you know what? I, last week I did a handstand by myself. 
I've never done one before by myself. Yeah, I'm in so much so fear now for you. How about you, Christy? <laughs> what? I can't even do it. Stand. Sorry, Stan. Stan. I'm perfectly fine. I never did those before the accident either. So, but when you start to realize that fear is just really fear, you know, um, and Benjamin Franklin, the only thing is fear is fear itself. You know, it, it is. It, it's just, it really is just fear. And so, again, if you have something else when the fear comes up, so the, so the thing is, is if you try to kind of beat it in your head, like, oh, I'm wrong, and then, oh, I'm bad, here I am, I've got my spiral going, oh, I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of this. And that just gets you deeper in. You just got to look at it and go, oh, okay, here you are, and treat it kind of like an old friend. But you then shift the power to something else. You go, okay, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, that's the fear. So this fear reminds me to do, and you've got something else that you've set up to do, whether it's, you know, for me, I started to do art. You know, and it's funny, you can barely use your hands and arms when I'm doing art, right? <laughs> because I, I couldn't, and I was not a good artist before, but now I do art. You know, and people have actually purchased the art. Which wow. Makes me really happy. Um, but it was like, you know, it was it was like, wait a minute, I just... I, I had to do something else. And so for everybody, whether it's music or cooking, um, writing, the, there's some creative outlet, too, that people tend to ignore in our busy lives. And we say, oh, well, that's somebody, you know, somebody over here who, you know, got great grades in art or music or whatever it was, but I didn't in school, and so I'm not a writer or I'm not. Um, and those those are actually the kinds of things we need to do to can reconnect and find something um, to balance it during that time. Sometimes sitting down and listening to some beautiful music, you know. Well, um, and you're talking about too letting emotions push you forward, like not squashing them down, but taking these emotions that you're feeling and like moving to a position of gratitude, having you say things like at a red light or go out and create something, use creativity, you know, taking that emotional energy and channeling it somewhere um, and letting it move you forward. Exactly. Doodling. You know, it's doodling. You don't have to be an artist to doodle, but it's amazing what happens when you put pen to paper. Um, so, yeah, so that you can you take that energy and let it go out. That's why, you know, exercise is always a, is always a good thing um, because you're taking and you're putting that energy into something that is actually rejuvenating for your body. So you can come back physically tired from it, but it's it's something that is doing something for your body that's that's healthy. So um, it really it's like so much of us, especially women, we push those feelings down. Oh no, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I've got to take care of you know. I've got to take care of my parents. I've got to take care of my children, and then I've got to go to work. And seriously, women nowadays um, in the United States are incredibly busy, and they go from very early morning in the night to very late at night with almost doing nothing for themselves. And so what you'll find, though, is as you start to do these very little things for yourself, and somehow, you know what else? You'll find that you have a little more time. It's, just, it's amazing how it builds. It builds, and I hear this from um, people that I work with all over the country, and they'll be like, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, somebody at work that I've been just kind of fighting with for the last five years, and now, guess what? She actually, like, brought me coffee. And it was like the coffee I like, you know. There was nothing. There was an arsenic in it. I mean, I'll never bring you coffee. I can't make coffee to save my life. I can't buy it. I could. I could totally make you some. Yeah, you're the barista. What do you call? I was a barista for a minute. Yep, for a minute. Yes. I am looking at your 
website right now and looking at the gratitude cards, and I think they're beautiful, and oh, it's a wonderful thank idea. Thank you. Well, they are beautiful, and I'll tell you, you know, with my mom's stuff, one of the things that Janine told me when she was uh, counseling, for lack of a better word, this past week, uh, helping me move through the space that I needed to do to get what I need done with my company, with my kids, with my family, with the impending death, the funeral, the obituary, all this stuff that's very difficult for me, Um Whenever I would feel the sadness come on or I would feel the fear come on, if she told me to acknowledge it, to feel it, you know, not stuff it down, but then after a moment to, you know, you know, feel it, whatever, you know, for me, it, you know, I'm kind of a hyper person, so I'm going to speak to that moment. Um, but I would feel that moment, stop and pause, but then I would take these gratitude cards out, and sometimes it would take one or two reads for a couple cards, mm-hmm. and then sometimes I would read through the whole deck. I actually went through one twice. And, and you could really feel your energy state change. You could really feel your state of being change. And all I could think of is making new neural pathways. Exactly. And this works with children, too. We have we have cards with children, so um, we've done some work with kids who are you know been diagnosed AD, um, HDHD, HDAD, and you know and things like that where they just have trouble focusing, and it really it's amazing how it can calm them down as well. Well, because it kind of retrains your brain. Like for me, it, it retrained my brain from going, I can't do this, I can't handle this, you know, I can't handle all the stress, you know, which really does not help the situation, um, to going, you know, I'm grateful for recovery. I'm grateful for what I can do. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful, you know, to start doing all that stuff took me from a very disempowered state to a very empowered state where I'm like, you know what? I can do this. I mean, I've been through a lot of bad things in my life. This is a bad thing. You know, a lot of people lose their parents. A lot of people lose their spouses. God forbid, you know, a lot of people lose their kids. It's not the end of the world, but your own thinking can make it the end of the world, and that's when the vacuum cleaner story comes in. We as women, especially when we're home alone, waiting for our kids, doing chores that are menial, that don't occupy our brains, we fill it up with all this stuff, and we can go like Chicken Little from being a warm, sunny day to the sky is falling, <laughs> you know, at warp speed. Chrissy, you're laughing because yeah. you know we do this. I is we falling. Do. We've all been there. We've all been there. Well, you guys, this has just been wonderful. Um, and Janine, I want to thank you for being our guest today. Check her out at Touchnology, T-O-U-C-H hyphenology.com. And um, Janine Wilborn is her name. She's got lots of great information for those of you looking to make your own gratitude cards, index cards, write some things on, do it, retrain your brain, give yourself a break, give your carpet a break, give your vacuum cleaner a break. Uh, next week, we're going to have a great guest, but her name escapes me, so we're just going to move on. I should have put It'll it on my, surprise. my gratitude card. My name is Sandra Beck. I am here with Christy Hollis. Holly, thank you, uh, Doris Rivas Brecky and Janine Wilborn for being with us. Thank you, Sandra. Next week. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly on Toginet.com. Join us every Tuesday as we 